Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Um, Kevin Allen is back. I'm hey. I'm, I'm, I'm here physically, but mentally, <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway between Korea and here. This is the this is the thing, Kev. It, I, I thought it was a big ordeal for me to drive up and back to Toronto ten times in the last well, less than three weeks. That's nothing compared to what, you, what you've gone through in terms of flying halfway across the world and back in the last two and a half weeks. Well, and the big thing for me is to jump right back in. You know, the one thing I do love though is um, now there was a long bus ride. I, I basically started my day getting up at two o'clock in the morning. Korean time to get a 3.30 bus to, you know, drive to Seoul, to wait, to get on a plane. But when you got, when I got on the plane, I actually left at 11.15 Korean time and I got back at 10.35 U.S. time. So I got got home before I left. Oh, that's awesome. And that, the time that, machine. Uh, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to time travel and I've now done it several times. Uh, but, you know, by doing that, you know, you jump right back in the trade deadline. But thankfully... <laughs> All the general managers took pity on me, and they waited uh, until the last minute to make trades. So there wasn't a lot to do, just other than you know, kind of staring at my computer and sending out emails and having yeah. them saying, um, "You, you're probably uh, carrying on more conversations than we are right now." So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Is anybody, so, anybody extra nice to you and saying, "Okay, you know, I know you're not there, so I'll tell you this." No. No one gave you anything. No, no, I never really that I. I heard from a couple of GMs who said they really um, – it was very specific, people told me. Like, you know, the teams that everybody said were, were in on Carlson were in, mm-hmm. and and that was it. You know, like the teams that were in on Nash were in on Nash, and there wasn't – like there was no surprises. Like, right. And if you look at the way the trade deadline played out, the, the contenders – all did what they were supposed to do. You know, they went out and got the one guy or the piece and everything else, and everybody else refused to pay the prices. Well, it was funny because, and Lou Lamorello described it as, because, you know, it was known that the Leafs were in on Ryan McDonough, and unusual for Lou, he was specific and said, we were in on Ryan McDonough, but we weren't in on, as, in on Ryan McDonough as much as Tampa was in on Ryan McDonough, yeah. which that's pretty forthcoming from Lou. But that's very forthcoming, yeah. Yeah, I don't forget that's that's interesting. That, that actually is almost tampering. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is. You're not allowed to talk about players yeah. on other teams, so you're not really supposed to. Um, I mean, but it's but you know it would be silly to. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, you can. I've I've heard people say before that they were in on players. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think that they can do that, but it, it is it is totally out of Lou's character for sure. To um to to talk. Well, I think about he anything. wanted his fan base to know he was trying. Maybe that's well, it. What is interesting is I, I really did I was amused act because obviously there was you know for years you've tried to make the three <laughs> trade work and I nobody actually coming. was ever 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 going to ever do those trades because it didn't make any sense to do them but now it does um, yeah. 
because of all the contracts. So obviously, right? right? And I know I felt so justified. I, I was we're just I, ahead I, of your I, time. Point even here, I couldn't even talk to you about it. I was like, I wanted so many times, like Kevin. There's another three way trade. We've, yeah, we've become the, the NHL has become the NBA. I mean, yeah, we, we we did know that trades would eventually get that way because in like a new cap yeah. system, yeah, in a new cap system, everybody treats it correctly. But then as time goes on, you find out which teams are the better cap teams and the ones that aren't end up having to make those kinds of deals. But how about how about the, the the nice little intrigue behind the Broussard trade? You know, like the that to me was the that was the most fun thing. So you know, here you have Jim Rutherford, right? Who um who I keep writing and calling him Jeremy Rutherford whenever I write. I just cannot stop making that stupid mistake. I know Jeremy Rutherford is not is, is a writer and not I think Jim's too old to be on the beat at this yeah. point. Yeah. So anyway, but Jim so Jim Rutherford, you know, wants to wants to get a guy, wants to get a center, trying to, you know, but doesn't have a lot of cap space. Meanwhile, his friend, you know, used to be at the Capitals, now out in Vegas, wants to keep a guy out of the out of the Western Conference. Um, it's just it was an incredible little like yeah. shifting of that. Like that would that took a lot of coordination and um obviously go through right away. But it was still, I mean, that was Rutherford at his best, like in my opinion. That, that this is like You've always said, Kevin, that you've always used the term that he's like the best horse trader out there. Oh, for sure. This is him at his best. To pull that off, that was pretty um, pretty remarkable. I I will say this. I I have been told by two real good hockey, you know, because I I love that trade from Pittsburgh. You know, know, he's to me, he's always played better in the playoffs than he does in the regular season. Yeah. Um, But two people that I really, really trust as knowing the game told me they did not like that trade for them. Really? Oh, that's sick. crazy. I'll tell you what, here's something that I've been using, Kevin. I'll go back to this. The Rangers went into a game seven situation in Pittsburgh. Derek Broussard was one of the best players in that game, along with Lundquist and McDonough. And so I don't think that was lost on. on well, why, didn't, why didn't they like it? Well, um, they, they didn't like it because they felt that this season, Broussard has um, just played poorly for 25 games, and it's right. gone beyond being a slump, and there's concern that he's just kind of lost it. That the, uh, I, 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 I would be surprised. The, the, I mean, the Senators have been sort of a black hole of negativity this year, so I think I'd cut him a little slack. The only thing I could see as a problem with that deal is the fact that Broussard has been a, t- has been a top two center for most of his career. Uh, especially with the Rangers and with Ottawa, and here he's being relied on being a third liner, which I mean, depth wise, better I think for him. He really wasn't a two. He really wasn't right. But uh, there might, you know, Benino was a really great fit as a three, and maybe a guy like Bozak, who was always rumored to be going to Pittsburgh as part of a, a trade, would have been a better fit. But I, I think Broussard is pretty damn good. And and the, and the weird thing is, this sort of backfired on Vegas. This ploy to keep you know, Broussard away from Winnipeg because Winnipeg got a better center in the deal for Stasny. I mean, I think Stasny, if, if now he's playing with Ehlers and Line, and I watched that Nashville-Winnipeg game last night, that team is loaded for bear now. I, I, I don't think it stopped Winnipeg from getting the guy that they, in the end, wanted. It's but I do want to say this, and I, Kevin, this is something now, now that Vegas is in the league and – you have a, a team that's won two in a row like Pittsburgh going for a third. I think this year was so much easier for Rutherford to get what he needed at the deadline than even last year and probably even the year before. Like now, it's it's a, it's almost like it looks easier for them to win a third rather than when the season started saying, well, it's going to be hard for them and, and everything else. Now, to me, it's like I think it'll be hard, but I also think – 
their chances have improved dramatically. I, I've gone up and down on Pittsburgh as far as this goes. Like, you know, it seems like at first this is such a perfect move and it is going to make him win a third. But, you know, watching him again last night and just the – I mean, I know that they're – you know, they have injuries and stuff like that. But their defense isn't what it's been the last couple of years. But it wasn't when last yeah, year. Yeah, last year it was terrible, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. But maybe – but, I mean, you know, it did find – it did it did pick up the playoffs. Maybe – I mean, I, Ian Cole is not a small player to lose. Um, I, had, I think, I mean, even though they, he had, yeah, he hadn't played well this season, yeah. well, but they have Chris Letang. Yeah, that's the thing. I, here, here's my <laughs> Letang wasn't there. I, you know, I started down this path, but it, we kind of got in, it kind of got off the rail. You yeah. know, let me start back where I said uh, two people who I really trust told me they didn't like the trade and they thought that basically it was because. Uh, they've watched a, a lot of Broussard this year, and he doesn't have the same drive. And uh, as the one guy said, what he did with the Rangers was three years ago. Yeah. And, you know, because a lot has happened. And they just didn't like the trade. And they just didn't think that he was going to have – he said, you know, basically they said, you know, Jimmy believes he's going to be Benino, and he's not Benino. You know, Benino plays with more of an edge, and, um, you know, he can, uh, you know, step up when the going gets gets tough. Now, I like the trade. Um, I, I thought it was the perfect trade for them because that third line, they, you know, they need to get scoring out of that line. And, yeah. you know, Bizarre is a, it is a very creative player and can play with good players. So um, I absolutely love love that. And yeah. um, I, I'm less worried about the defense, um, mostly because I think last year's defense, like no one thought that defense was going to hold up. Yeah. Last year. And, uh, I mean, they played – you know, extremely well, and they found a way to, to do it. And, you know, Ian, Ian Cole had, for whatever reason, kind of fallen out of favor there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and it wasn't going to work. Um, and, um, you know, for, I, you know, I don't know why. It just He just wasn't the same player. But he was a pretty vital player last season. Yeah, and, and, and remember, I mean, uh, you know, Ron Hainsey, who went to Toronto as a free agent, he was there, he was on that top pairing last year, I mean, out of necessity because Latang yeah. was out. But so they're missing two veteran guys. Three guys, Daly. Daly was on Fran Daly, that's right. And Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, uh, the, the only the, the only person who told me they didn't like the trade didn't like it for that not for didn't like it for different reasons which is why I asked they didn't like giving up Reeves actually they actually thought that Reeves was an important player to have around when you've got when you got Sidney Crosby on your team they, well that was that was the Don Cherry perspective was it okay. Sidney, Sidney Crosby he doesn't play in the playoffs he's not yeah, going to play that, for Pittsburgh stop yeah, that that that's the thing too they they had hoped he was going to play but there was no indication that he was no. going to play. Play. Well, he'll play, he'll play for he'll play for Vegas. Sure, for Vegas. He Pittsburgh, he's not, he wasn't going. No, but I mean, he'll play for Vegas in the playoffs because the one reason that they got him is because they could match up against Anaheim or against LA, right. and those are big, heavy teams, and they exactly. need somebody to be a policeman. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start. Uh, we already have, but you've been watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, Hello, Hockey World. This is February twenty eighth, two thousand and eighteen. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen, USA Today Sports. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we have a lot of fun, like, aftermath trade stuff to talk about, and then we'll get into a little bit of where this is heading from there. But um, we've so we have been discussing the Broussard trade. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Carlson the Carlson drama of the day was, I'll give it, it was fun for what it's worth. I mean, it was, it was fun. It, it kept us on our toes the whole day. Um, you know, TSN kept saying it still could happen. It still could happen. It still could happen. Um, and, you know, the teams that were in on it, 
like you said, Kevin, were probably the teams that were in on it. Um, well, at the end, it was only, I mean, multiple sources have told me at the end, it was only one team. Uh, right. So it was but, uh, but, Vegas but, at the end. And the, right. So it's Vegas. Is your, yeah. yeah and, Vegas. and the question with that is this. And I wonder how far to the end it really went because on TSN, they were, they were banging out like it's going right to three o'clock. But what, when they made the Tatar trade, you know, Vegas gave up a first, a second, and a third. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, those had to have been picks that would have been included in a Carlson trade. I mean, or that first at least would have been included. In the so I'm wondering. I, if, I never had the impression that it went to the three o'clock. I I kind of got that it was on TSN. That's what they were doing. I mean, they were. I mean, really, it, it seemed dead before that. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you, I, you know, come on. We were on I, the podcast. I, we they we were, were right up to they two two fifty five. Darren Drager was tweeting. They're still they're still working on this. Well, they, that doesn't that doesn't mean his his information wasn't twenty five minutes old. I mean, I think right. I think at a certain point people moved it. You know, whoever it was moved off of Carlson because we got other things to to complete that we want to complete, and we need at least a twenty minutes or a half hour to get it done. That's what yeah, I'm we're more hopeful for McDonough. We I don't remember us thinking Carlson was going to happen at two fifty five. And and, I, and honestly, this was a this was a buyer's market, and I've been saying it's been it was a buyer's market. For a month, because there was too, there were so many teams selling. And if you look at some of the stuff that came out, and Russ and I talked about this yesterday, the Evander Kane deal went down basically five minutes before the deadline. Peter Shirelli basically said, "I got a, I got one call on Patrick Maroon, and it was five minutes to three, and I did the deal." So everybody was waiting to the last minute to to get these guys, and that's right. when it, when you're a buy, when it's a buyer's market, you can do that. And yeah. and. And I want to hear Kevin's opinion on this because I, I think it's true. Kev, it seems like Steve Eiserman, you know, he definitely held up the Carlson market because he was interested. And he held up the green market because he was interested. And then last minute made the deal for McDonough and seemed to kill everybody else's chances of getting the other two guys. And he got his guy. He got what he needed and, and definitely stopped from other teams, I think, from getting something. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that. I mean, I, I think Green's issue was more his injury, and he only had a limited market um, because he could control where he wanted to go. And he eventually, he basically wanted to go to Washington or Tampa. And I think Washington was kind of lukewarm on yeah. all that. Right. So, and then there was the injury. Um, yeah. You know, two teams requested uh, medical, um, and you know, the report says it could be reoccurring. So, right. Well, um, that. Yeah, Oh, I'm sorry, Kev. It, it was funny though because somebody asked a question of of Lam of Lou Lamorello regarding Green because there had been some rumor out there that he had blo- that he had blocked or used his no trade to block a trade to Toronto. And Lou says, "Well, that's not fair to ask me about that to about Mike Green. I, you know, we had no interest in him. He actually came out and said they had no interest. Now, I I don't know if that's saving face because he doesn't want you know the impression out there that the Leaf that somebody would block to go to the Leafs." Or he he legitimately had no interest, but it's curious that the Leafs, after making a trade for Placanets, which was a, basically a buying move for a team that thinks that they can contend, don't go the next you know step and get the defenseman that they've needed for over a year. I wrote yesterday that's a, that's lose second swing and a miss on a defenseman, and they that's for them to be a contender. They need to get that top four guy. Otherwise, I don't think they're going to be a contender. Yeah, I agree with you. But the problem is there was nobody out there except McDonough. Yeah, except McDonough. Yeah, don't you think too on that uh, trade? Uh, and you know, Russ, you probably know more about it. But 
uh, you know, foot. Like, I, if I'm the Rangers, I demand foot. Yeah, I, yeah. I just see – I don't know how you can make that trade. I'll without- tell you why. Yeah. If you notice, the secret for everybody they picked up in these trades was 20 years old or older. What they're not telling the, the fans and everybody is, yes, we're retooling, but we're retooling with guys that we think are very close to the NHL. If they get Cal Foot, he's four or five years away. They didn't want to wait that long. Maybe two years. No, he's longer than two years. He's longer than two Okay. It's hard to retool that way. I mean, that's that's why I have. I still think you got to make that. You got to make him part of the deal. You know, unless Eisenman said no, absolutely no. Yeah. He he did 48 hours before the deadline. It was reported. He says Calfoot will not be included in any of these deals, just like nobody from their NHL roster would be included. But he did include Domestikov. Somebody was. I, see, I don't think they really – I mean, not that he's not a skilled player because he is, but, I, you know, early in the season there were rumors that Nemestikov was going to be dealt. Like, I, I think they saw him as a guy – you know, they have plenty of players who can do what he can do. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I think he was going to be dealt based on whoever Cooper and, and Iserman identified as guys they were going to keep, but I also think – that Nemestikov has a higher ceiling than what he's been able to show in Tampa, too. I think that's the part I think that's going to shock people. Same with Zabanajad. The minute Zabanajad got away from, from Ottawa and they threw him in a different role in that first first center role, he was able to grow into that. I think Nemestikov will be able to do the same thing for the Rangers, and I think because I he's got a much higher skill level than what Cooper would allow him to do because Cooper wants him to be defensively responsible all the time. I think that's going to help him. And another another factor for Nemestikov is, I mean, just like Miller, they're both RFAs, and I have a feeling that based on the year that he's had right now, he's 44 points, 20 goals with Tampa. He could legitimately go in terms of arbitration and ask for $4 million and probably right. get it. So I don't yeah. think they wanted to pay that much for him. Well, an underrated aspect of that trade is that uh, Miller is 38 pounds heavier than Nemestikov. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm just putting it in those terms. I mean, not. No, that, I think it's fair. I, you know, not, what? not that not that Miller is a big banger, but no. you know, he is a heavier player. Mm-hmm. He plays, a, you know, a little bit different game, and he's versatile. Yeah, although I was fascinated. Now I haven't read the column yet, but my boss was telling me about it because uh, uh, about Larry Brooks wrote that uh, the Rangers viewed uh, Miller as being uncoachable. Um, well, here's the thing. I'll tell you what I my feeling was, and I was at the Garden that day, and I spoke to a lot of people as well, and I know I've been watching Miller all year, right? Here's the thing. Miller, in Cooper's system, will be more physical. I believe Vigneault made Miller cut back on his physical play to match his style more than what Miller is really good at. And as a result, Miller's hockey IQ went way down this year. He made so many mistakes, so many turnovers, but that's why I kept saying in this deal, Miller will do so much better for Tampa under Cooper's system because he will let him be physical. Vigneault didn't want him to be physical. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, winners and winners. So my, I wanted to go through my winners real fast by five winners and see if any of you disagree with them. Um, and I'll just and or and add your own because I know everybody's been doing winners and losers. And there actually were, I thought there were a lot of winners mm-hmm. in this particular. Yeah, me too. I thought, I thought there were way more winners than losers. Um, I actually couldn't put it. I couldn't even put together a three three losers type list. But well, um, you, you got to go into you know I shifted I did individual players like Mike Green was a big loser yesterday. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that's no, good. I, I I have a few I have a few teams that were losers. Uh, I will get to it in a second, but let me try this. Um, so so first of all, my my fifth was just 
was kind of like a little bit of a cop out, but it was the Ottawa Senators fans, which I actually thought, you know, to, the, the possibility that Carlson could actually, this actually could work out somewhere down the line is still alive. And because we talked to Ottawa fans, I mean, I got so many, gosh, countless emails about fans who no one wanted this to happen. No one, no one wanted Carlson to go. Um, they all think the ownership could change, which I don't think is possible, but no. that, that's, that's, um, but I, so I do think the Senators fans actually win a little bit, you know, in that whole situation. Yeah, they 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 bought themselves a couple months actually. Yeah, they get a temporary right. stay of execution. All, that's what they right. Got. All, no, all, all, knows, all, you know, right. No, I, I can't guarantee that Carlson's going to be traded. But I mean, if, and I and I, I this quote was from 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 uh, from Monday, uh, Pierre Dorian regarding Carlson. Eric and I have a great relationship. Eric and I had a good meeting this morning in my office. He loves being in Ottawa. I think he wants to be a senator for life, if. If he is here on July 1st, we will be making him a contract offer. Well, the person in control of the if is Pierre Dorian. So I'm telling you right now, Eck, if they get anything close to an acceptable deal in their eyes for Eric Carlson, Carlson he's gone. So he's gone. No, and, you very well might be true. Is, I mean, that, is that news? I mean, not no, news. It's I'm not. saying that temporarily. Not at all. For hey, but here's, here's the other part, too, Eck. Do we think this contract offer, even if he's still there, is going to be the best offer Carlson can get? The answer is no. Right. And all Eric Carlson has to do Eck, is on July 1st say, I'm not signing a contract with anybody, even if I'm traded. And then he screws Eugene Melnick and the Ottawa Senators because his value just went in the toilet. Yeah. Oh, I, I would not have. the toilet. I won't go that far. Well, not in the. They'll, they'll still get. So, they'll still get something. They'll, they'll get a lot. They'll still get, they'll a, get lot. a lot. Like one year of Eric Carlson, they'll yeah. get a lot. Yes, they'll still but get it, a ton, and especially, and they'll give all kinds of conditions in there if they can re-sign him, that kind of thing, and then. And, uh, and, and that's and, possible. I think it's still. I think it's still very possible. I, I, I actually think there'll be teams that would prefer to get Eric Carlson for one year, and that. Yeah. You know, just that's possible. Just you know, they'll it just be viewed as the ultimate rental one season. Right. Do you think it's rationalization? Because I talked to some people who said that, you know, that Eric Carlson, you know, who we all think of as one of the top defensemen in the league, and is. But I talked to people who really said, although he is great in Ottawa's system, that he wasn't going to necessarily be great in their system, and that you know he carries the puck so much that they were afraid that this would affect. I heard this with Tampa. I heard in different situations that they would. That they I don't. Would affect it. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't buy that either. Like, I think that's. I think I, I kind of do. I mean, I think the carrying the puck thing. I've heard for years now, um, more often than I thought I would ever would have heard it. If this is one thing that people say behind the scenes a lot is, well, we already have so-and-so wants to carry the puck and so-and-so likes to carry the puck. And if you have too many guys who carry the puck, that can be a problem. I okay, how about this? Let, let's say Ken Hitchcock was coaching Bobby or he'd go like, whoa, 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 Bobby. You no. can't do this. You can't keep going up and up and down the ice like this. No, come on. I think that I think that is teams floating disinformation out there to get the price lower. And that, I can understand that, but you know, it's the same people who are floating out. Well, he had thirty percent of his ankle bone shaved off last year. They want to take they want to take the price down from the six or seven pieces that Ottawa was asking for, or the ridiculous uh, clause to to include Bobby Ryan in the deal. I mean, that, that that's just counter to that stuff. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, you're probably right. Um, number four for me was 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 Nashville with with um, with Hartman. I thought Hartman. I thought that was a really good pickup and a really sneaky yeah. pickup. Yeah, that's that's a trade that the Blackhawks didn't want to have to make, but they had to make it. 
Right, and and it's it's a great move for Nashville because they get yeah. a guy under control, making less than a million dollars this year. Young, somebody who can score goals. He's going to be a depth guy on that on that roster in the third, you know, probably third line winger. He scored last night. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a he's a pain in the ass to play against. That's a perfect ad. It's twenty goals a year. Too. Chicago kid, right? I don't understand why Chicago felt they had to do that. I I, I, I don't think they wanted to give him a long term deal, Kev, because they can't. But they didn't have oh. to, really. Yeah, they didn't have to. Yeah, they didn't I, have to, but eventually they would have to. So I think. you're going to make that trade. You end up. You know, he was a, a late first round pick. Like, you yeah. know, they're they're trying to retool a little bit in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And um, and to me, if I'm retooling, I'm retooling with Ryan Hartman. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, but now, you know, now, we're getting, now we're getting a you know they're going to get a, a a first round pick that isn't you know it's going to be way down just because you know, they got Hartman with the thirtieth pick, right? Yeah, it's going to be the so, same kind of stuff. I, I just didn't understand that. I from the Chicago perspective, I I think you let you let it play out. I mean, most teams. Have been successful by letting these salary things play out, and then figuring out when you get there. I mean, does that mean in two years they're going to do the same thing with Alex DeBrinket because he's coming off his yeah, injury? Like I, yeah, I, I just didn't buy the whole. Well, they weren't going to be able to sign them. Well, you know, I mean, you especially got, because you're creative. You're you're be creative. Why is it that Jim Rutherford can figure out how to put <laughs> anybody in? His, his so and Hartman. Remember, I mean, I did doing some research on him. He. Grew up in in the in the in the, in, the, in the suburbs of Chicago. Played for every Chicago Blackhawks mini team you could play for growing up as a kid. Loves the Chicago Blackhawks in every which way. How is this going to be a difficult person to sign? Like to me, he was well, devastated. I just think there. I I think someone whoever's handling their cap looked at this, and this is a ledger trade. Like I think they looked at it and said, "This is all we can do. We can do this and this and that, but we can't do that with the rest." And yeah. so we might as well get as much value as we but can. How, how much could he possibly ask for? <laughs> well, he scored like, twenty goals, Kev. I mean, he's going to get three and a half, four million bucks. But he probably yeah, on a average, on a bridge deal. The yeah. average salary is is getting to the point where it's three million dollars. Yeah, like, I don't see it at all. It doesn't make it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because here's a kid who loved playing there, who was good there. If to me, it almost felt like. The, the, in Chicago every year would trade away their first round pick and they just wanted to trade for a first round pick this year. At, at the risk of sounding like my good friend Eklund, I you know, my first thought is, is there something going on there? Is there, what, what kind of, yeah, is there something that we don't know about? Like, so well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking conspiracy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, well, now number okay. three, number three would be for me. Number three was Tampa. Um, getting the, uh, you know, and, and it could be higher than that, but I still want to see how it all plays out. Um, it's McDonough is obviously a perfect fit, but I want to see it all play out. It could very well be playing out. And this, I might agree some bias on my number two being Mrazek because of what I've seen happen in Philadelphia in such a short period of time. But, but, you know, I've always said that the one thing you can do to make a team look better and more confident is either change the coach or change the goalie. Sure. And, but Mrazek deal was great. I mean, there's no Mrazek doubt. Deal for what they gave up. And for the fact that you know, and I know Kevin, you know, you know, you know the dark side of Mrazek better than yeah. us. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just a, change a venue. You know, is that a, is that a Pink Floyd album, the Dark yeah, Side of Mrazek? Yeah, it's a good one. I like that. One. Um, but I do think that when you're watching when you're watching Wizard of Oz, and it's crazy. Before you completely, you know, tap Ron on the back and give him all the heroes welcome and everything, yeah. there was a good chance the Flyers will get to the conference finals, and if they do, that pick turns into a second rounder. So that's. You know, Ken Holland did a pretty good job here too. He which, did. which, 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 then it equals the return that Buffalo will get up for Evander Kane. Right. <laughs> but 
but you're okay giving up a second rounder if you're in the conference finals. You know that. And well, I get it, but I'm just saying. But chance. I still don't think there's a good chance the Flyers go to the conference. They, you see, but here's the thing. This is the funny thing. This is the mental part now that everybody checks out on. Well, they're in the conference finals, so we're okay with giving up that pick. I mean, that's. But that's why Holland put it in there because he knew the chances are good. That's the whole thing. And once you go into the draft and you don't have that pick and you've lost in the conference finals, you may think differently about that. That's it my point. On, it depends on if the good flyers or the bad flyers show up for the playoffs. You know, like well, that's, but I'm just saying that's all over the place, right? So, I mean, and for me, but, but I think Morazic has already looked, the team well, already looks more confident in front oh, of him. Absolutely. Because they, they, didn't know, they didn't know what to do night in and night out with that, with their goaltending. And Elliot had a good year. He made some great saves, but he was not. I, I felt like that you're overselling how good he was playing, especially oh, when yeah. you want to tell better than Elliot every day of the week. Morassic was, you know, you know, you know, and you don't arrive in the NHL as a goalie until you're like 26 years old. And he was right. in early, and Gast right. is going to be a, a superior goalie. And then he went bad for two seasons. He yeah. killed a couple of coaches. Yeah, <laughs> he alienated uh, teammates. He is right. a hockey, uh, confident, arrogant goalie who believes yeah. he's he's good and plays that way. He lost his confidence and he was a disaster. Yeah, and right. and, and uh, uh, he found his way again this season uh, because he was humbled. Uh, everybody passed on him. Nobody wanted him. They couldn't give yeah. him away. Came back. Yeah. He played well this season. And then suddenly there were several teams interested in him. So yeah. um, yeah. now he's back being the goalie that he was three seasons ago. Who was your number? Who was your number one? Number one for me was was Broussard. And you know the thing, Penguins getting Broussard because I just think you know if you're a Stanley Cup you know champ, champion twice removed, and you add a really you add like a second line center to play your third line center spot, and well, somehow with that with the cap space, like you know he just Rutherford just said a couple weeks ago, there's no way I'm going to get Broussard. You know, like he said that. Um, but he, you know, this whole thing, obviously, like we talked about before, whatever a GM says comes with an expiration date on it, and he figured out a way to do it. I, I'll give I'll give one of my thumbs up to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think Kekalainen did a fantastic job re reinforcing his defense, getting Ian Cole, mm -hmm. uh, getting Thomas Vanek to help their scoring, getting Latestu for fairly for a fourth round pick, and that helps them up the middle. I think that those that plugs a few holes and gives them a little more scoring. And that little more scoring might be the difference between them making and missing the playoffs. And I also have to tip my hat to Ken Holland because getting a one and a two and a three, and I think Tatar is a good player, but I think he was overpaid a little bit, 5.3 million. The contract is, I think it's three more years. You know, getting three to, uh, you know, a one, a two and a three is a pretty good return for Tatar for a team that's obviously on the rebuild. I want to give you one that's really under the radar. Yeah. Really under the radar one was the one that came in like at like you know four fifteen, Chris Bigra for for Ryan Graves, the um, for whatever reason Graves wasn't getting a chance with the Rangers. I'd seen him play in the Memorial Cup and, and he's a really good shot blocker and a decent puck mover, decent. Yeah. Uh, Bigra in an overage year at twenty goals and as a defenseman in the in the OHL, but that's again he was an overager, but he can skate and he's a really good safe defenseman. He's twenty three. Yeah, but they picked up a 23-year-old defenseman that conceivably could go into camp next year and maybe get a bottom pairing spot for a guy that's never even sniffed the NHL. And they, you know, and they got that at the at the last minute, the very last minute. 
and, and I'm sorry, I have to destroy the New York Islanders. I really do because the Jason Jason Chimera for for Wagner and a third round pick for Brendan Davidson for a team that is close to being in a in the playoffs who needed a goaltender, you know, Robin Leonard was out there. Maybe they could have been in on, on Morazic, Chad Johnson. You know, there were a couple goaltenders out there. Garth Snow did nothing. He trades a, a, a guy who apparently, you know, Chimera hadn't been playing recently. And Wagner is a, is a 13th forward for Anaheim. It, it did. It didn't answer any of their problems. And, you know, you've got this specter of John Tavares leaving, unless he knows for sure, John Tavares is going to stay. I think this team needed to make the playoffs, and I don't think that their chances improved at the deadline. I think they they went lower. I don't think they have. I don't think they have a chance of making the playoffs right now at all, to be honest. Because I I think, like you said, Columbus got better, and Florida is playing out of their minds. So, I I, I had them among my losers too. I I didn't like it either. That you know, not only is the message to Tavares, but what about to the fans? Yeah. Oh, the fans are just beyond mad. It's like they're they're. Yeah, but I mean, you still gotta you know, know. You, play the, you play this game to try to you've surrendered way too early. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think the problem is, Kev, when you have a GM that believes that he doesn't want to give up any assets, he doesn't want to give up young talent. Like you can't work it both ways like that and still have a very competitive team. Yeah. You build assets to get some known players. It's okay to hold on to a certain amount of it, but at some point you have to turn that into something. This was the year they needed to turn it into something with a new owner and a new building coming to create that excitement to get season tickets going again next year for Nassau Coliseum. So this is a huge fail. And a thumb, another, another thumbs down, I think, to Montreal. Now they Montreal got a second round pick, pick for Pocanets and a couple minor leaguers. I'll, t- you know, I'll say that, that that's a good. That's return a pretty for, good deal. Actually, that's a good. That's a good return for a guy who I I've watched him play two games so far. He looks like he's ready to 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 retire, but maybe he's going to retire in Montreal going back there. But all the news about Pacioretty. And the report is, and we don't. There's no way to know whether this is accurate or not. But the the report out there was that they were talking to the, to the LA Kings, and their demand from LA was Gabe Velarde and either Toffoli or Pearson and a draft pick. Oh my god! I, I don't think Rob that, Blake. That even, like if, if Rob Blake was lobotomized, he wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, they were talking to Florida for sure, to the to the very end. But you know, but that that's that's the only team I really found that I could find at least that I don't know, maybe you heard something else, Kevin, but that patch ready. Um, I, I, I think they they have to ask for a lot for patch ready. I mean, you know, yeah. they scored five at five thirty goal seasons. Like, oh sure, but you're what they asked for was like way oh, it's too much. But you know, you you always shoot for the moon. Yeah, I mean this guy was on the you know, I mean NHL Network's top fifty players this year, you know, like but I was remember watching the thing and Patch Ready was one of the top fifty I mean this is this is this is a serious player. Still a really good player and actually he was like he did come out and say, I believe that he was in a little bit of turmoil because of his family didn't know what was going to happen. I think he's relieved he wasn't traded. I do now. I don't know how. I, I kind of thought he probably wanted to be traded just because I just think yeah. the pressure's gotten too great there. Uh, I mean, it could be, and that's why he might get dealt in the in the summer. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're right. A couple, Kevin, people would, would, that, a couple people told me that they needed to trade him. That that things had gotten really bad, and that they needed to trade him. That was, and that you rarely you rarely hear people say that, you know. Like, but that, they've got, you know, this he he's such a important player that yeah. you've got to get a lot for him. And I don't actually have any problem with them asking for that because everybody knows how this game is played. Anybody that sold a, 
a yeah. used car knows how right, it works. Right, right, right. You put your car up for a lot of money and yeah. more than you think's possible, and then the guy goes, "Well, that's ridiculous." Well, yeah, it is ridiculous, but I got to put it up for that because you're going to come in and lowball me. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kevin, what did what did you think of the Nash deal with with Boston? Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, uh, from the Bruins' perspective, um, I thought it was the kind of move that that the team you know, will appreciate like the one thing about Nash and Russ knows this to be true is, is that um, teammates appreciate his professionalism and his defensive play and his all around game has always been underrated. Yep. Um, nobody talks about it, but you know, that's the type of move when you're playing as well as Boston, um, you know, you make that kind of move. Um, and they got, they got a lot of guys, but uh, you know, again, they didn't get the one guy like, Lindgren, I like him. He'll play in the league, but you know he's yeah, not going to. Spooner had two points in his first game, Kev. Pardon me. Spooner had two points the first night. Spooner's a, a, a Spooner, everybody knows what Spooner is. Yeah, Spooner yeah. can play, but like, like yeah. they tried to trade him, and you know Sorry. everybody was sort of interested, but you know they just don't think that he's, uh, you know, he can create. But you know, can he? What if they're he, wrong? So well, they might, they might be, but. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure the Rangers are going to try to trade him. So. I don't think so. I I think when Spooner calms down, I think he's going to like it there. Um, the, you know the thing about the Nash deal is watching the Boston game last night. He saved a goal with his defense, so that 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 does always come through. Um, and the way DeBrusque sort of made this amazing defensive play and fed Nash. That's the way Rick Nash is going to score. He's not going to create a lot on his own. You yeah. have to have guys create it for him right now. And the Rangers really ran out of those guys when they had injuries. That's the only way you're getting Rick Nash going, and that's that was a great play. Well, I'm telling you right now, after watching the third period of the game last night between Nashville and Winnipeg, I'm praying to God that we have that series in the playoffs. But the, yeah. the, shame, the shame of that will be it'll be in the second round. It won't be in the conference final. Yeah. You know, if you if you look at the potential like second round matchups, they're 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 possibly better matchups than what we might get in the conference finals. It happens every year, you know. It's like it does. There's always a couple of them that are just like, well, they're definitely, the, and just because of the way we way the way it's seeded out, you know, it's just how it goes. And you get. Well, I'm, I'm wondering whether there's an appetite in the league, Kev, it, to to switch. There's a greater, back. there's a greater one. Yeah, there's a greater appetite for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's one of the things that'll be talked about at the GM meetings again. Yeah. Um, because I think people are a little weary, but you know, here's the thing about all that. And I bring this up all the time because I just find it so kind of fascinating. The reason we're in this mess, um, with these, these matchups is because when we lost the season, the NHL smartly said, well, you know, while we're sitting around twiddling our thumbs uh, because we can't play hockey because we've locked out the players and we can't get a contract, they did things like, you know, studied how they were going to change the game. That's how we ended up with the shootout and a little mm -hmm. moral and the gain and all that. They also surveyed all the fans, you know, the season ticket holders and thinking about what they liked and looked hard at the way um, fans went to games. And one of the things they noted is, and fans said in their surveys, we like division playoffs. Like they, they were sold right. on. And now, what do fans complain about most? I am so tired division playoffs. Division playoffs. So, been through this so, so many times. Like right? the, 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 and, and, you know, the league, I've talked to league officials who just said, you know, we did it because this is kind of what we felt that, uh, you know, we did it the right way. They did a study. And, yeah. and, and not only did fans say this, but if you look at the way they spend their money on tickets, 
Um, you know, they always go for the division, you know, rivals. Uh, hey, a couple of years ago, I was at the Rangers Flyers playoff game. I couldn't have been happier. I, I We hadn't seen that matchup in a million yeah, years. Yeah. It was great. And it was a fun series. Yeah. I disagree with anything. I can't, I couldn't, I, I don't know. Who's going to complain about that matchup? Well, you, so this way, Raj, you like that because the Rangers used to kick the Flyers' ass. No, no, no. It really <laughs> and, um, and I, But as a, as a fan, I was so happy not to play the Rangers in the playoffs for a decade. Um, no, but you have to admit, it was fun just matching up again. I agree. I'm, I agree, but I can tell you, I yeah. remember wanting the division playoffs to go away so badly because of the Rangers and Devils. And uh, you know that that's like you know that's I mean it really wow. it is it is it depends on if you have success with division playoffs or not. Well, listen, do you want me to bring up Dale Rolf? I mean, come on. I mean, we're you know well, we're just talking recent the, memory. The in, the inter, the interesting thing, and we know that like the NHL usually lags a few years behind the NBA. One of the things that Adam Silver in the NBA is is pr promoting as a possible change with them is a, a seven through ten playoff. Uh, to get the final two spots in each conference, to have the seven play the ten, the eight play the nine in a, in a one-game uh, play-in game or a, maybe even a best of three, and to expand the playoffs basically to 20 teams. And I, I, honestly, when the league expands to 32 and we think it's going to happen with Seattle in the next year or two, I wouldn't be shocked if that's included because no. – Batman has been on the record of saying no, no but I, I – I disagree with Gary on this. Yeah, me too. Because uh, I love it, and and I, I think the play-in will happen. That's what I, I think will happen. I, I think too. They're missing it. I mean, the uh, this has been a huge hit, as we all know, in baseball. Yes. And you could sell those would not be in the NBC rights, so you could yes. sell those rights to right. a different channel. You could experiment yep. with some other, yep. uh, you know, situation. You create yep. revenue. Can you imagine how much the tickets will go for a one-game playoff? Yeah, I mean. And I, I, I have never bought the argument about, you know, it diminishes the value of the regular season. What's it mean if you play all that and then you, you lose in a one game? Well, what it means is don't put yourself in that position. Everybody yeah. understands what it is. But yeah. <laughs> you're going in, like if you if you get down in the bottom of those standings and you're going to have to win these one-game playoffs. But anybody who's a baseball fan, and I certainly am among those, you know, they love those playoffs. Yeah. Baseball went out of their way for so long to have so few playoff games compared to how many regular seasons. <laughs> well, I mean, such a great, this is such a great thing. Uh, we got to go soon. I want to get make sure I get one more thing from Kevin, though. I really need to know about the experience of covering the uh, the women's gold medal game. I mean, that, that, well, was that it, you know, for you as one of the, uh, you know, and people sort of hammered me on this because I've said it was in the, you know, it's in the top 15 games I've seen. But yeah. folks, I've seen a lot. Yes. Games. Like I have seen all the important games over the last three <laughs> decades, you know, yeah. seven Canada Cup, the 96 World Cup, you know, the Peter Forsberg goal. So for me to say it's in my top 15 is not slighting. No. Right. No. no. You know, I just happen to have. Have covered the league a long time. That's all that really means, Kevin. I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest appreciator of 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 women's hockey, but I was. I was in. I was enthralled by that game. It was. Yeah. I. It was the only game during the Olympic hockey tournament, men or or women, that I watched from beginning to end. And the end, the the the, the overtime and the shootout, especially the move that Lamaro make makes on on uh, on Spados was in, was incredible. Yeah, a lot a, of guys can't do that move. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mitch Marner tried it in a shootout and, and, and failed. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here, Here's – I mean, I wrote an article after the Winter Classic 
interviewed Brianna Decker and I said, hey, the women's team I felt was the one to watch. And I said, I, I imagine if they get to the gold medal game, the ratings would be great. They got 2.9 million viewers, which was an NBCSN record from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m., which also includes NHL playoff games that happen to run 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Well, the Olympics always crush. Yeah. Right, but I'm just, but this is women's Olympics hockey. Bobsled. I know, I know, but I still think it's a big deal. One of my, some of my, I mean, some of the th things, I mean, for me, I mean, I just, if you, I don't know if this came through there, I'm sure it did, but like the emotion of the whole thing, like I was overwhelmed by it. I mean, it was 2 a.m. in the morning. Oh, and I, I'm I like, was too. I'm sitting and I'm bawling on my couch. Like, I'm like, and, I, and the, that's, I'm like, <laughs> that sounds ridiculous to say. I mean, but I was like, a part of it's just, there was so much, you know, you know that this game is so important to these girls and that they've one team has won it so many times in a row. And the other team, and they're sitting there and I'm just, and my favorite moment was right before the shootout, they went down the benches of both teams and the girls, so obviously this is a crazy stressful time. They're going to the shootout of the gold medal game. And a lot of them were really like smiling and, and just like they had these big smiles, like this is awesome type smiles. Yeah, and you could tell that they were loving. And I'm, and I've seen, I, mean, I was there for the, the biggest game I ever saw in person was Crosby's 2010 game, you know, when they won the gold medal, I would guess. Um, that was the biggest game. But And I saw the emotion of the Team Canada, but the emotion of, of, of NHL players, it just didn't seem like it was anywhere close to the emotion of these of, of these girls playing in the most important game of their lives. Now, no, can, can we go? Can, let, can we go to the dark side here? Because it wouldn't be complete if I if I didn't take it to the negative. Kev, USA, the men's team. I I think Russ and I are vindicated based on who were the best players in that tournament for that team. Were Ryan Donato. And you know, maybe arguably Troy Terry and some of the guys that they brought who played in the Deutsche League or the SM Liga in Finland or, or the KHL didn't belong there. And I think there, there were there were there were options like Middlestat, like Kachuk, and you know, maybe USA Hockey didn't or couldn't go that direction. But that tournament was wide open, and if they would have brought some young, talented players, I think they would have been, you know, they would have beaten the Czechs and they would have been in the medal round. Well, I mean, I, I think their criticism that they, you know, that Middlestad, uh, Kachuk, but, you know, I'm not sure they would have been in a position. I mean, you know, the one thing that, that people didn't point out about Donato and Terry is did you look at their plus minus in that tournament? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they, they were on the ice for a lot of goals as well. Yes. You know, yeah. and, and that is a problem in Donato's game. I didn't think that was a big problem with Terry. That opened my eyes a little to Terry's game, but Donato, yeah. that's that's always been a problem. In I, so the issue was they needed they needed a mix. I think the yeah. criticism that is fair is you could have taken a couple of more. I yes. think they felt that some of those guys who were top European scorers mm -hmm. um, were going to score, and therefore they were better. I mean, the the guys that held it together in that check game. Um, were the guys that were the O'Neills, yeah. um, the stuff that were the veteran players. They yeah, kept yeah. that game close. I and mean, that was a very – it was a quality game. That could have gone yeah. either way. You know what was terrible? Will Gordon did not play, play a game, game and they took him out of Yeah. Well, I mean, they, you know, everybody knew their role. You know, you know, Wisniewski complained afterward as well that, he, you know, he didn't get playing time, but he knew going in that that's what was going to happen, that he was going to be the power play specialist. But Gordon could have gotten a game. So, well, yeah, you know, I mean, they were yeah, I thought, fighting for their lives. And, you're uh, right, Kevin. I mean, O'Neill, I thought was fantastic. 
Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's unfair to to say that if you would have taken a team of college yeah. players, that they would have done better. I, I don't think so. I mean, well, that was, I, that was I, a hard edge tournament. Yeah, um, there were there was very few finishers in that tournament. Uh, you know, uh, that's the thing that struck me when you get over there and the top seven hundred players are gone in the world. You yeah. know. You, what you realize is that you're just short on finishers. You know, right. that's why the Russians look so good because they had some, they and, had and, most of them. Yeah. And, how, and how, how chaotic was the last five minutes of the third period between Germany and Russia and the overtime? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was, was, a, that was a fun game as yeah, well. Yeah. And uh, the one thing about that Russian team, and we'll go back to the American team as well, but um, I think this, this is for those of us who like international hockey, the one thing that's been consistent about the Russians has been their inconsistency in international play. And there's been, it's always about politics and uh, picking the right players or the, the coach isn't right, or, you know, they didn't pick the, this guy and it's always messy. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, nothing, you know, like if Alex Ovechkin couldn't turn that team around in Sochi and win on Russian soil, it just goes to show you how much pressure there is on that team. Sure. But I knew I watched the first game. I wrote a column about this. The first time they played the U.S., how pumped up that team was to beat the Americans. They oh. were totally into this, and yeah. a lot of that I felt. And again, who knows? Because very few of the Russians would do English interviews, even though several of them could right. English, <laughs> not to. But I I sensed that they were trying to win for Dadsuk. You know, you know, he, you know, he, he said he didn't care about the triple crown, but he cared about winning that gold medal. And Kovalchuk was in the same boat as well. And I think they also they had the chip on their shoulder, having, um, you know, not representing their country, being the OR team, the Olympic yeah, right. athlete of Russia. So all that sort of played into it. But that, you know, that that's the first time that I remember when I looked at that team, and they didn't seem to have any cohesive or chemistry issues. Like they were all on board. This was a very tight Russian team, and mm -hmm. uh, and they could have. And then getting back to the Americans, they could have easily won that game against the Czechs. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and and then they could have been on a path as well. And well, there's two things. He'll hit the post in overtime, right? I mean, he comes down and hits the post in overtime. There's yeah. two things, Kev. Um, Shipashov apparently wasn't happy with his non-playing time with the Russian team, and now he's in the minors. He's in the AHL in in <laughs> the VHL called in Russia. So that's one thing. And he was demoted yesterday. The other thing is, why the U.S., why did they even bring three goalies? Why did they even bother? Because they have three goalies. You know? I, I mean, but it's like, you know, why was Zapolsky this, this guy that they said, he's our guy, no matter what, we go to him, and he's we go to the wall, and we can't change it. You have to bring three goalies because of injury, but what, right. what, what, yeah. what, what I'm saying, what I think Russ is saying is, why those three goalies? You know, or why why wasn't there a goaltender who, if Sapolsky didn't play well, right. they gone to Maxwell? They only put him in when I think there was an equipment problem where he was dinged yeah. for a couple seconds, and then he went right back in. I mean, I could think of three or three or four goaltenders that were not NHL contracted play, uh, players that you know, Merrick Madsen or the two kids in the in the World Junior, and there's a, there was another one that, that I'm I'm drawing a blank on, but you know. Well, uh, there's Ottinger and Wall. One of them could have gone. That's for sure. The well, the other thing is the hype was too much for Jordan Greenway for the type of player he is too. Way too high, way too high, way too much hype. And in, in what regard? In the regard that they sort of said that he was going to be this like 
greasy in the crease finisher. And he really wasn't because he didn't have guys that could really get him the puck that way. And he was losing crease battles. Who was saying that? Oh, they said that. Um, I read it online. I heard guys. Like that. Yeah, like you that. didn't listen to the broadcast. It was like oh, there was a lot of the, the media was saying that. Media, yes. Oh, I see. I, that's what you're talking about. The US. No, no, not the team, but no, no. Yeah, but Yeah, no. I, I, You know, I thought Greenway was very good in the first game. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I liked his pro potential um, by watching him play. Like, I thought, I think. Uh, I had no idea that they had converted him to a center at uh, uh, at Boston University, and boy, I really like him at center. Uh, you know, like I think he's going to be hard to play against and all that. And I love the way uh, that he got involved in some discussions, uh, some verbal yeah. uh, discussions, and you know, never lost his cool. He was into it with Bobochuk, and uh, so I thought like a lot about him, but he. He wasn't nearly as important as Donato and Terry, um, just in terms of creating offense. Um, those two were were dynamite. Um, they were, uh, you know, exceptional, um, you know, players. And I, I would say, you know, to me, the most important players um, were on that team were uh, Donato, Terry. I think O'Neill played uh, well. And I tell you, a guy who. Who they weren't counting on him ended up being their top pairing defenseman, but Billings and Sanganetti <laughs> ended yeah. up being their their yeah. uh, very dependable group. And mm -hmm. um, you know Matt Gilroy, I thought uh, you know that they thought was going to be their lead guy was kind of like their second group. Uh, yeah, he played you know, a lot. And he was with uh, Noah Welch uh, well, as well. So one 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 quick question. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I mean, I, I was one of the, over here, Kev, I was the one of the three of us who actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Olympics, uh, the men's Olympics thing. And I, I said, maybe I'm a little bit of just, I love the Olympics. Um, and I didn't look, I tried not to look at it like a hot, like, you know, like, like I'm expecting anything more than it was. I didn't expect this to be the NHL. I didn't expect it to be. I liked the drama of it, and I liked well, the fact that these well, guys I, were I getting. Thought it was I thought it was terrific. If, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I didn't even know we were discussing that. But no, but there was a lot when you were. Well, you know, we had some talks here. Where, you know, because I was getting mocked every time I was bringing it up on the show. And I thought because I thought it was just it was oh, fun to watch it. And um, I thought it, and and also, I mean, that was really an emotional. The cool thing about it was Canada oh. winning the bronze medal was emotional for those guys. I mean, that was like, that was a chance for them to actually, I mean, and when is Canada winning a bronze medal in hockey ever meant anything to anybody? You know, like I, that. I, you know, the thing I would point out is, is that, you know, despite the fact that all the uh, NHL people said, well, we weren't watching because it wasn't any good. Um, the ratings while lower than Sochi, which was anticipated, yeah. um, were still better than the NHL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so they did, apparently they didn't need Mike and Russ. Uh, <laughs> fine with there, them. there was a there was an eight. I think the ratings that they said were was an eight percent drop. Do you right, think? Right. Do you think that that? I mean, first of all, I think the NHL was extremely pleased that the rating that the ratings went down. Well, the, 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 the ratings were down for the entire Olympics. Okay, so it wasn't just hockey. It, you know, they were right. just in Sochi. So, right. at the time of day, probably plays into that. I mean, it was the it's the worst time zone you can be in. Like it. It was bizarre to watch a game in the morning that realizing that, that you guys were going to, and then you guys were going to go to sleep when we were going to watch the game later the same day. <laughs> it was just a very strange thing. You know, I'm, I was trying to always figure out where everybody was over there, you know, as far right. as 
let, let, let me tell you a story about that too, just because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, I do a family blog and uh, I wrote a family blog while I was there to, that it goes to some of my friends and uh, you know, family members about, you know, my fascination with the Olympics when I was a kid. And I talked about 1964 and I remember watching the games and you know, what I remember was all the skiing, you know, Billy Kidd, Jimmy Huga, um, and, I have no memories of hockey, even though I was a huge <laughs> hockey fan, even then. And so I wondered about all that. And so I, I looked it up online and tried to figure out why it is I have all these memories of skiing. And it was right there in the uh, the explanation of the 64 Olympics. Any idea how much Olympic coverage we had of the Olympics on television in 1964 for the entire 17 days? I was a year old, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, we it was it was six it was sixteen and a half hours. So <laughs> less than an hour a day. Less than an hour a day. But here's wow. the key, key factor of all that, and I think this is fascinating. The way that the Olympic coverage was done by ABC back then was they would tape, and then they would put the film on a plane and fly it back to the U.S. <laughs> and then do it in prime time. So wow. now my deductive reasoning, call me uh, you know Sherlock Holmes here. So what sport starts in the morning at 9 o'clock in the morning and might be wrapped up by 10.30 or 11? Skiing. Right. They shot skiing. And what, what <laughs> doesn't play at 9 o'clock in the morning? Hockey. Right. Plays at night. <laughs> so they, they took to skiing and they, they, they said, okay, that's done. Now we'll ship that off. And then they showed me that. So that's why you know I saw skiing and I don't have any memories of hockey. At least that's <laughs> That's my theory. Anyway. Now, Kev, what did you what did you think about? Like, I saw yesterday a lot of criticism coming from the women's snowboarding because the conditions were so bad that the athletes actually were holding back what they could do because they said they would have been shredding their ligaments and breaking bones because Jeez. they had to. They it seemed like they were forced to do this because they had to show something on television that that doesn't look good after the fact, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. So yeah, I don't uh, know enough about it to, to make uh -huh. global warming, you know, fun fact. I actually had dinner with and met Billy, the kid, the skier. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's well, he meddled in that 64 games. Yeah, he, no, he was, he's, he's from Steamboat, Colorado. That's where my in-laws had a place. So he was very old, but it was pretty cool. Um, anyway, it's interesting. Well, great, Kevin. Great to see you. Thanks so much for coming. Yeah, um, back on the show. Thanks, Kevin, get some yep. yep, sounds good. good. See you later, guys. See you guys. We'll be back soon. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.